I've seen a lot of romantic comedies in my lifetime, a lot, and fairy tale movies and all of the sorts of movies and things and TV shows in that category. Girl meets boy, and they go through shenanigans to finally be together, and they live happily ever after. One of the most interesting ones I saw, I viewed it for the first time when I was in college. It came out in 1989, but I didn't see it until I was a freshman in college. And it's called Say Anything. And it stars John Cusack and Ione Skye. And John Cusack is um, poor kid living with his sister. I think, if I remember correctly, he was a kung fu teacher or judo teacher or something like that. I was a wealthy socialite. She was the only child. She lived with her father. And it turns out that her father was a scumbag thief. But John Cusack, his character, pulls so many stunts to get Ione Sky's character to fall in love with him and to pursue a relationship with him. And I won't spoil the ending <laughs> in case you haven't seen it. But the way it ends is just like, I, I, wanted, I wanted that so badly for myself. I wanted that happy ending. I wanted the fun and the love. But now when I think about that movie and I think about his behavior, I, it's sick. <laughs> the things he did, like when he's standing outside of her bedroom door window holding up a radio and it's playing In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel and he's blasting it, trying to wake her up, trying to wake her up to him to get her on his side. And it's just sick. It's like, what an invasion of privacy. That's manipulation. That's stalking. That's all these things, all these behaviors that we think are, that we thought were normal that are displayed in these movies. It turns out they're not. <laughs> I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ayana Explains It All. I believe this is episode 23. Can't believe I've made it to 23 episodes, but glory be to God. Alhamdulillah, subhanAllah. I am so happy to be here doing this. And um, I am your big mouth, black, lady, lawyer, Muslim, single mama, suburbanite, etc., etc., born and raised in the hood, born and raised in Islam, here to bring you my opinion on just about everything. When this episode premieres, it'll be on 12 different formats, 12 different podcast and music formats, uh, platforms rather. It'll be on 12 different platforms. It'll be with all the other episodes, episodes 1 through 22, plus uh, the intro episode, which <laughs> is going to live in infamy, seriously. But I'm available. My flagship is Anchor FM and Spotify, but I'm also on YouTube, Good Pods, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and a host of others that if I could think of them right now. But basically, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find me there. I made sure 
that I got all of the places that podcasts could be available, and I'm sure that I missed some. But uh, inshallah, you'll find me on your favorite. And if you can't find me on your favorite, let me know, and I'll see about getting myself on there so that you can hear my beautiful voice. Or you can go to the link in my social media bios. I have an Instagram account for the podcast, and it's Ayana Explained explains it all and it's underscore between each word because I wanted to make it very difficult for everyone so it's Ayana underscore it underscore etc etc that's on Instagram and I'm Ayana explains it all pod on TikTok and both of those have the link tree in the bio that you can click on except for you know Instagram needs to make clickable links in bios I don't know why they don't do that but there's a link tree also in my personal Facebook Go on there, get your laugh on, steal some memes. I do not care. <laughs> but I have a link tree for my podcast in my bios on all my social media. And I am Ayana Fakir on Facebook. That's A-Y-A-N-A-F as in Frank, as I always say, A-K-H-I-R. There's no one else with that name, by the way. So if you see someone else named Ayana Fakir, they're an imposter. And I am Law Girl on Twitter and Instagram. L A W G U R R L. One day I'll have to tell the story of how I came up with that name. Make sure you tell a friend, like, share, subscribe to my podcast, review it, rate it, send me emails all about your love for it or your hatred, depending on how you feel about what I have to say. Let's talk about love. I think that's a Celine Dion song. Let's talk about love. So in addition to seeing so many romantic comedies, some against my will, I was always listening to love songs. Like I have an entire, I still to this day, have a, have a, a playlist, a music playlist dedicated exclusively to love songs. Because some days I'm just in that mood and I want to hear it. Whitney, Mariah, Celine, Luther, Anita Baker. I just need it and I want it. And I'll be in my car singing. It's so amazing to me, love. And, you know, those, that music, those melodies, the movies, they always make you feel warm and fuzzy inside and they put you in a mood to fall in love and be romantic and et cetera, et cetera. What you don't understand while you're, you know, soaking up these narratives that someone wrote, this fiction, is that a lot of this shit is like spooky, scary, manipulative, stalker behavior, toxic. <laughs> I'm gonna rap on your door. I'm on your win. Like, okay, bitch, no. You're not going to be at my door. You're not going to be on my at my window. You're not going to always be my baby. No. When it's over, it's over. <laughs> well, don't forget about us. Forget about us, please. <laughs> but we hear these things and we want our lives to be like this. We soak in these messages 
these themes and we are so upset when our romantic life does not go in that direction. And it's like, damn, why don't you just make your own path, forge your own path, make your own story, make your own love song, do your own thing instead of using what someone else wrote about something that they're really not experiencing. They just wanted to make some money. Like Burt Bacharach and Jermaine Dupree and Mariah Carey and, and whoever else in the, in the 80s and 90s, they wrote these songs to make money for the most part. But um, <clears throat> while I'm going to be sitting here talking to you about love, take real shit, oh, this is done with uh, a pit in my stomach, and here's why. I've never had a successful romantic relationship. Never. Hasn't stopped me from trying. And I currently trying to have a very successful relationship that will lead to marriage. So I do this with a pit in my stomach, really. <laughs> I have not had a successful romantic relationship. I've been married and divorced, married and divorced, married and divorced. I'm Muslim, so dating is not something that is encouraged, frowned upon. It is you court for marriage, and that's it. There's the courtship, there's the marriage, and that's it. I did not have any good examples of loving, healthy relationships from which to draw on in my own uh, marriages. So I had no idea what I was doing. I had no business getting married when I got married, but I did. So here we are. But yeah, so I can give you the keys to a healthy relationship. I can give you the keys, but you know what? You got to try these out and see which one is going to open your kingdom to everlasting happiness with your partner. You got to try out a bunch of different things, a bunch of different healthy behaviors. So I can't give advice, but I can tell you what's healthy in a relationship and what isn't. And so that's what I'm going to do here today. So I'm recording this at night, and so occasionally I might say nighttime. It's Sunday night when I record this. I usually record it sun on Sunday night, and I uh, post on Monday morning. It doesn't always happen because I am tired like I am right now. I am exhausted, but we must stay on task. I'm the type of person who I cannot let up my foot off of the gas pedal until I am completely finished with what I'm doing. And I don't ever want to be finished with this. So anyway, I digress. So. Here it is. I'm at the post office. I pull into the parking lot. I hear a man cussing at someone and I look over and he's talking to his, I'm assume I assumed she was his girlfriend because she didn't look young enough at all to be related to him. So I assumed that was his girlfriend. And I don't know what, why he was cussing her out, but he was cussing her out. And as I get out my car, he's still cussing. And by the time I get to the door, he's right behind me and I hold the door open for him. 
And he goes, "Uh, that's not how it's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to hold the door open for you. So he was sweet as peach pie to me. But for her, for some reason, he was just a complete dick. Now, I don't know what they were arguing about. But let me tell you something. (laughs) That cussing at somebody, cussing somebody out, it's not healthy. That is not fighting fair. And I'll get into fighting fair later, but I mean, people will make up all kinds of excuses for why they speak to you in that manner. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did or what you said. And I know that people, you can react abnormally to abnormal behavior. But there are people who will cuss you out because you were late with dinner or because you're wearing, in their minds, too much makeup. Or you um, forgot to pick up their dry cleaning. Or, you know, any kind of arbitrary reason people can find. They'll slam you for whatever it is by calling you a motherfucker or a bitch or a whore or a slut. Or you get the fuck out of here, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's not healthy. But so as I, I, I said before, I don't have any. I grew up in the Islamic community. Very conservative religious community. I mean, marriage was huge. From the time you were, for at least young girls, from the time you were a little girl, for us, that's all you talked about, that's all you thought about, was who was going to be your um, intended, as we call them, and who was going to be your husband, and what you were going to be like as a wife and a mother. And it's, for me, in my opinion, it's sick for little girls to be thinking about what they're going to be like as wives. It's not healthy to force a child to think about marriage when you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, even 16. Why are you thinking about marriage at 16? If you want to make marriage a goal, fine, but you got to do some other shit too. And a lot of us were not doing other things. We were going straight from high school to wedding bells. Some of us were getting married while we were in high school. I got married when I was 21. I was 21. Or was I? No, I was 21. I was 21 going on 22. Young. I knew nothing about what I was supposed to do. I thought this was just going to be like a relationship, but between people who are legally wed. (laughs) And of course, I had never been in a relationship, so I didn't know what that was supposed to be like either. And I thought, okay, I have to cook and I have to clean. But cooked and cleaned even that wasn't good enough and I'm like racking my brain and my mother's like well you're supposed to let the man be the head of the relationship and you're supposed to let him do whatever he wants to do and you're supposed to go along with it and I thought that fucking sucks man what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life I mean if that's what you want to do in your relationship fine but that was not the life for me honey I was not someone who took a back seat anywhere for any reason. I went to college. I was going to law school. I was doing my own thing. And then I had to come home and take a back seat to this guy who didn't even like me and who would cuss me out if I asked for even the slightest bit of help, who lied to me, who abused me. Yeah, sure. I I get it. I understand. Yeah, perfect. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not ashamed of any of my relationships, my marriages. I was divorced because 
I was being abused and I didn't want to be abused anymore. So it was either I leave or I stay and be abused. So I'm, I, I have no regrets in anything. A lot of what I did in my life, I had to, to do to survive, period. So when I think about talking about relationships, it's like, Ugh, but you're Muslim. Muslims don't really have relationships, which is actually a lie because a lot of Muslims have romantic relationships. Uh, we're not supposed to talk about things that are not encouraged, rather things that are discouraged. But listen, the things that are encouraged, you all are not succeeding at them. The marriage and divorce rate, at least in my community, is high. Listen, there are people getting married and divorced every fucking month. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it is because, as I've discussed in earlier episodes of these antiquated gender roles that people have slapped on each other, and when one person isn't living up to that role, the other person gets upset and just like that. Oh, you're not going to cook and clean? I want a divorce. Or you're not going to provide for me? I want a divorce. But a lot of times people just are lying about what they want. They lie to get to the marriage. People tell big, fat fucking lies. They lie about their finances. They lie about their credit. They lie about their past relationships. They lie about STDs. They lie about... <laughs> They lie about their credit. They lie about their criminal history. Lie, lie, lie. Just so many lies people will tell just to get to the altar, as it were, to get to the marriage because they want to be married so badly or they really just want to have sex. Right? They want to have sex. They want to have lawful sex. It's not because they really want to be married, but they want to have sex. And it's been my experience that men and women, but mostly men, will say whatever to get to the sex. Men want sex. Women want sex in a fairy tale. And we'll say whatever the fuck to get what we want. So when I talk about relationships, I don't care who uh, says, oh, you can't talk about that. I don't give a fuck. Muslims need to stop pretending like we're the only people on earth, like we can't relate to anyone else, like we can't talk about anyone else. I'm going to talk about this, and if you don't like it, well, you know what to do. Turn to, uh, who's that guy that everyone loves, that uh, Joe Rogan? Or um, who's that other guy? Conan O'Brien. He has a podcast, too. Turn him on. So, but again, Going off on my, I go off on tangents. It's ridiculous. That's why this podcast is an hour and 45 minutes long sometimes. <laughs> but so the, 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 what I wanted to say first is that in general, generally speaking, okay, healthy relationships, respect boundaries, encourage growth, foster honest communication have people who are willing to compromise, have people grow together, have people who work through their problems. Healthy relationships affirms, affirm feelings. Healthy relationships respect independence between the parties. 
in healthy relationships, we know each other's love languages and we build trust. Now, contrastingly, in unhealthy relationships, there's control, hostility, dishonesty, disrespect, dependence, intimidation, and worse, violence. Now, love languages are that wonderful way for you or your partner to show you understand what they respond to, what makes them light up, what makes them feel uh, that warm, fuzzy feeling. Some people like, oops, some people like words of affirmation. Some people like affection. They like to be hugged and kissed, rubbed, petted, whatever. Some people like uh, little notes, you know, leave a little note in their lunch bag, the briefcase, send them a flirty text. Some people like sexy texts. That makes them feel wanted and loved. Some people like flowers. Me, I love flowers. Love. I love flowers so much. Love flowers. And I think the only time I got flowers from a man was when he was apologizing for being a dickhead. And um, I threw them away. (laughs) Apology flowers are so fucking tired. Please leave me alone with that shit. Send me flowers when everything is going great. Don't wait until something explosive happens. For you to decide, oh, let me send her these flowers because she'll like these. These will make up for whatever it is I did wrong. No, thanks. But any other time, hey, I love flowers. Love. I have a whole garden full of flowers. I have roses and hollyhocks and hydrangea and all that good stuff. So, but my love language is, um, it's not gifts. It is words of encouragement, affirmations. But I also love hugs and kisses. I love it. I love affection. I'm an affectionate person with my people, people who I love. I mean, I'm a huggy girl and I cry a lot. So, but the problem with love languages is is that we're so into our own love language that we don't pay attention to what our partner wants. And so we're so stuck on receiving what we respond to and we're not giving what our partner responds to. So we forget all about them. You ever heard the the expression, though, that a relationship is a job? Why have people bought into this narrative? And this ties into love languages because there are some people who, for them, Their love language is doing everything possible to make sure they are loved and happy and at peace. So when people say relationships are a job, that's what they mean. It means that they're actually working at keeping someone happy. And let me tell you, that is one of the worst jobs because it is an impossible job. It's a dirty job. You cannot, you cannot be someone's peace. You cannot bring them happiness. Can they find happiness when they are with you, when they are interacting with you? 
thinking about you brings them happiness, sure. But we have to make our own peace, our own happiness. Because guess what? People leave. People leave. I know that. People die. And what do you think? When they leave or when they die, they're taking your peace and happiness with them? Hell no. Because you have it already. When you experience a loss, you're not um, completely devastated to the point that you can no longer go on. You can't love ever again. You can't experience anything ever again because you're, you're catatonic. You're in a vegetative state. And, I, I mean, a, a lot of people, for a lot of people, this happens. Once their loved one leaves, sometimes people die after their loved one leaves. I mean, there is that theory that people can be so intertwined that when one dies, it's like a piece of them, a piece of their partner goes with them. And so the, the partner is, is half of what they used to be, and so they also die. But um, just because you're responding to someone's love language doesn't mean that you have to cater to them. And I know this is controversial because of whatever. There's some notion in especially the black community that catering to your man or woman is how you keep them around, which is, again, that's sick. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you don't. And I'm just going to say this. You don't need somebody fucking waiting on you hand and foot. Hand and foot and mouth. <laughs> you don't need someone waiting on you hand and foot day in, day out, wiping the, sh the slobber from your mouth, changing your underwear for you, wiping your ass, bringing you water when you're thirsty. You don't need someone putting your shoes on for you. Um, you don't need somebody carrying you on their back to work. <laughs> you don't need that. That's, that's that dependency. We are not slaves to each other. We serve only one master. So all this catering shit, if I want to cook and put on some heels and a dress and serve my man every once in a while, sure, I'll do it. But I ain't doing that shit every day. Ain't doing it. And if he wants to every once in a while, I don't know, uh, buy me a pair of shoes and have me try them on. He puts them on my feet for me. Every once in a while, do something like that. But every day? What? Do we not have jobs? Do, are we not working? Are we not um, out there making money? Do we not have kids? Some people don't have kids. I know. But you have other things going on. You can't be tied up in what the other person wants. Responding to their love, love languages so much that they're not even responsive to yours. They're not giving you what you love because you're catering to them. Is there a cater to you song for, uh, for women? I know Beyonce made one. It was that Destiny's Child. Let me cater to you. But is there one where a man talks about, oh, there is. There's that, I give you the sun, the rain, the moon. <laughs> What's that joke that guy told one time? He, was, he said, uh, he can't give you all that. That ain't his stuff. That's true. We cannot be everything for a person. We shouldn't be everything for a person. You can't do it.
It's impossible. So another um, healthy behavior that we see in relationships that are healthy (laughs) is um, respecting each other's boundaries. Now, relationships are comprised of many things, and mutual respect is one of them. Mutual Mutual respect means that you respect each other's boundaries, and personal boundaries are those physical, sexual, emotional, and other lines we draw that protects our bodies, our energy, space, our peace. They are what we're willing to accept or not accept as far as behavior and communication is concerned. They're important, not just in romantic relationships, but in friendships, in familial relationships, in working relationships. They're important. And when you don't have them, you may find yourself being pulled in many different directions and some directions you don't like. Some that, as they say, cross the line. You may be doing things you don't agree with, spending time when and where you're not comfortable, doing acts that make you uncomfortable or intrude on your time unwantedly. Now, and this is a problem in romantic relationships, romantic partners wrongly assume, wrongly, okay? You wrongly assume That being in a relationship means we are literally allowed to heap any behavior on our partner. Any behavior. Flood them with endless communication. Forgetting to listen. Forgetting to respect their downtime. And yes, we need downtime in relationships. We need space to do activities without our partners. We do not need to call and text endlessly throughout the day. This is something I'm guilty of and something that I'm really trying to work on. You know, as I said before, some of us have jobs. (laughs) Some of us have kids. We have other activities. We can't be checking messages all day. And, And this is the problem that cell phones have. They have made our partners literally be at our fingertips. Like we can call people from anywhere while we're doing any activity. We don't need to find a pay phone or borrow someone's phone or wait until we get home to call somebody. Pick up the phone, call them. When you're driving, when you're working, when you're working out. I see people on the phone while they're riding their bike. Like, come on, concentrate the bike riding. And people are like, oh, well, I could do two, three, four, five things at once. Yes, but should you? Don't you think you should concentrate on your safety first? But yeah, so we are at each other's fingertips. We can text all day from the moment we wake up until we go to bed. We could be in bed together texting each other. It's made us feel like we have to endlessly communicate with each other that we have to keep shooting messages and phone calls at each other all the time and it is sickening there are times when you should should not do this but sometimes you just need to leave your partner alone yeah imagine that there are times when you absolutely need to let up off of your partner 
it doesn't matter if you're married. You're going to be communicating with them anyway when you're married, hopefully. If you live with them, you're going to be talking to them anyway. So when they get home or you two get home from work, you're all talked out because you've spent the entire day talking to each other. So what do you talk about when you see each other? Do you talk? Well, maybe it's dirty talk. <laughs> but the endless communication is a problem. People need their space. They need to have downtime. And they have boundaries with communication. People need to have boundaries with communication. Absolutely, 100%. That's why that do not disturb feature on some phones is good. Because you turn it on and it silences phone calls and text messages until you turn it off. So these things get through, but you don't hear them. You don't notice them. It can't bother you. Sometimes when you hear that chime or that vibration, you're like, oh, I gotta check it, gotta check it. And for some people, they can't turn their phone off, so they put on do not disturb, and that's their, the equivalent of turning their phone off. Now, me? Listen, when I need downtime, I put that bitch on airplane mode. No network. <laughs> I do not care. And there are times when I absolutely need that. And there are times when I will just turn my phone off. Like if both of my kids are home and I'm just not feeling it on a particular day, I will turn the phone off and it'll be off for hours and I will not care one freaking bit. But those are, you need to have those boundaries in your relationship. It cannot be endless interaction, endless communication, endless um, catering to you. Just, just no lines. There's no boundaries. You have to have boundaries. Because you have something that you need to protect. You have something that you need to protect. And so you need to draw a line that you will not allow, to, you will not allow anyone to cross. Because if they cross it, it leads to unwanted consequences or it leads to you overextending yourself or it leads to you doing things that you don't really want to do, going places you don't really want to go. And I'm not saying this, this gives you permission to be like, nope, I don't want to go to the Backstreet Boys concert with you. And nope, I don't want to go to the Coldplay concert with you. Da, 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 da. It means your partner is not going to ask you to do those things because they know that for you, that's too much. It means your partner's not going to ask you to go to the antiques festival with them because for you, that's too much. You're going to be bored. You're going to be making that uh, ho-hum sound. It means that you two find things that you can do together that brings you closer together that you both enjoy doing. Now, if you have a partner that cannot find anything that you two enjoy doing together, then you're not compatible and you might need to examine um, either finding something or take a different path with your relationship. I'm not saying break up, not telling anybody break up because break, breakups are hard, especially if you're married. I'm not telling anybody to do that. I'm saying if you don't have anything, find something if you're going to stay together. There's no reason to be in a relationship with someone who you cannot spend any time with whatsoever. You know, there has to be like a favorite restaurant you two like, movies you two like, um, sport matches, uh, 
you know, if you, even if you just like to go to the mall and look at clothes and try things on and you don't buy anything, even if you just like to sit and talk, you like picnics, let's have a picnic once a week. You like to do that together. You like to go to comedy shows together. People always say opposites attract. Well, fine if they attract, but do they stay together? You want somebody that you can spend some time with. It doesn't have to be all the time, just sometime. But uh, boundaries need to be communicated. You have to communicate these things to your partner. You cannot hold someone responsible for information you did not communicate to them. You want the space to be you, do what you love. You have to communicate that effectively. And that's sometimes hard to do with a person you see and interact with every day. But you have to do it. Even though you, you may not have the mental or emotional energy for it. So you let a lot of things go. Which only builds resentment. And that is a terrible thing. It's terrible to feel resentment in any situation. But when it's with someone you're in love with. Ugh. Good Lord. Talk about a pit in your stomach. So communicate these things to the people you are with. Let them know. These are the lines I will not cross. And let them know up front, in the beginning. It's nothing worse than you're five years into a relationship and you find out your partner actually doesn't like that thing that you're always making, making them do. That thing that you two do together. That thing that you do to them in bed. <laughs> <laughs> they actually don't like it. <sighs> so, um, as far as healthy relationships are concerned, again, healthy relationships encourage growth and they affirm feelings, like I said before. One of the ways people can stifle the person they are with is by being jealous and possessive. When you're possessive over someone, when you're controlling, they can't grow. Your relationship can't grow. It goes nowhere. You don't achieve anything. You don't accomplish anything. And, you know, look, I get it. The person you with, they're your life, your world, your rock, your paper, your scissors but they literally cannot breathe in the relationship because you're smothering them because you either don't want them to leave and so you force them into this box so they'll stay with you forever. There's, there are these things that um, people get cremated. When they die, they get cremated and their loved ones will have them made into a piece of jewelry that they can wear with them. So the person will be with them Everywhere they go, all the time, even when they're taking a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want to be with you while you're taking a dump. Gosh, leave me alone. <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> I am a nut. Uh, so, but the person you're in the relationship with is not growing because you're standing in their light, because you're controlling, because um, 
and control comes from many things. It's not just narcissists who are controlling. Codependents are controlling as well. People with depression, anxiety, people with no depression, no anxiety, people who have low self-esteem, low, they can be jealous and possessive because they don't feel worthy of the person. They can't believe you're here. And so why, when they text you, aren't you texting them back? Why aren't you texting them back? Is it because you're cheating? Oh, well, maybe they're dead. Maybe they're not cheating. They're just dead. And they're waiting for you to crush their bodies up and put them in a piece of jewelry. There. Then they'll be with you forever. Jealousy and possessiveness are one of the fastest, two, sorry, two of the fastest ways to kill a relationship, to weaken a bond, to break a bond. I'm just going to say it flat out. We do not own each other. We don't own each other. You cannot possess someone. You don't have a certificate of ownership. It's not like you bought, you know, you went online and you paid $50 to buy a star. There's no indentured servitude. We do not own each other. And I know people think when they get married, they belong to the person they're married to. No, you don't. Remember, divorce exists. <laughs> and I know divorce is hard. It's hard to get, but honey, I don't belong to anyone. Okay? I belong to God. There's not a person on earth who looks at me and goes, there, she's mine. And they never will, because that's not how relationships work. Not healthy ones anyway. You want someone to love you. And be with you, not because you forced them to, but because they want to be there. You made it fun and loving and safe and secure for them. You didn't, you know, act all crazy when they were hanging out with their friends. You're not upset that they spend a week playing, uh, you know, whatever game people are playing, GTA or whatever, with their friends. Or they're going to a football game with their friends or the, you know, girls are, I hate saying girls, women are hanging out with each other at, you know, whatever establishment, an eatery, a bar or whatever. And you're texting your, the woman every five minutes. What are you doing? Who is there? Show me everyone who's there. You allow, you, you, you make room, you make space for it. I'm not going to say allow because again, people will do whatever the fuck they want, but you give them room to be themselves. And that means every once in a while, they're going to go do something else that has nothing to do with you. And you can't get upset because that's healthy. It's healthy for people to go do things without you. You don't need to be around each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't need to be like, that's my person, mine, forever. There are couples around here, and I love it. I love seeing it. They do everything together. They go walking together. They walk the dogs together. They're at restaurants. They're at grocery stores. And I'm just like, y'all are going to die together, aren't you? <laughs> but that's not possessiveness. They're actually in love. They actually enjoy spending that amount of time with each other. And that's fine. Me, I need a little bit more space. I need a little bit more space. You know? But um, 
people, have you heard this before? And I've heard this so many times, especially in the black community, that uh, men can't be monogamous. Monogamy is not for humans, which is bullshit. It's just some, some shit. So people make things up to confirm their behavior. To, uh, to, yeah, to confirm their behavior. To make themselves feel good about what they're doing. And they'll come up with research says, and this is what they did back in the day, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, there are billions of people on Earth. There's no reason why. Okay, I'm lying. There is a reason why people would want to have multiple partners. (laughs) The very obvious reasons why. (laughs) And I see these shows on TV. And hey, I'm from a religion that allows men to have up to four wives. But what people don't tell you, it's because that part of the story doesn't fit their narrative is that each wife has to be treated equally. Or it's null and void. You can't do it. So if one has a house, the other one has to have a house. That you pay for, man. One gets a piece of jewelry, the other one gets a piece of jewelry. One gets $500 shopping budget, the other one gets a $500 shopping budget. And so on and so on. But there are men who completely skip over that and, in fact, will have two wives and a mistress. Or they'll have a wife and somebody they've been talking to on the side and they make her pay all of her bills while the wife gets the special treatment of having to not do anything at all. The first wife, that is. So people don't do it right. And if people were made to do it correctly, no one would do it. Period. And I'm serious. But, you know, you know how it is. Women, what we allow is what will continue. Because we don't want to be alone. We overlook certain things. Men and women. We overlook cheating, for instance. We overlook people flirting with others. And if that's what you want to do, fine. But don't go through people's, you know, texts and DMs and social media pages if you're not willing to walk away when you see something that is hurtful and painful and a betrayal. Don't go looking for it if you're not going to do anything about it. Again, what you allow is what will continue. But in the end, we do not own each other. So if the person you're with wants to go and be with someone else, fucking let them. Let them, please. I've made this mistake so many times of begging someone to be with, to stay with me. And now I, I don't, I don't do that because what am I doing this for? What am I doing this for? If you want to be here, you'll be here. And that's just it. A lot of people don't want to be in relationships. But we're so good at talking about relationships, constantly talking about relationships, especially on TikTok. There are all these lives live chats and videos and people are talking about the five things you shouldn't do if you want to date a man or the reason why men don't want to get married and i'm just like oh please shut the fuck up goodness everyone's talking about relationships not solving any problems not solving anything not getting any closer to having a successful relationship 
That's why all of these coaches and gurus, I, I want to see their long-term relationship. They're saying that they can coach you into having a long-lasting relationship for, you know, $80 an hour, $50 an hour. They can coach you to being a husband or a wife. Okay, well, let me see how well that worked for you. Uh-huh. Okay. One thing we also have to remember in relationships is that we are not responsible for each other's reactions or actions in our relationships. Yes, the dreaded personal responsibility. Why don't people like to take responsibility for their actions? I know it's because it might make them look bad. And you know what? If a bad thing makes you look bad, well, that is exactly what it is designed to do. So maybe you shouldn't do that thing. If you don't want to look bad, don't do the bad thing. Simple enough. I know it's still hard for people. So we don't want to we don't want to take responsibility for our behavior because we're so sure that we are right. We're so sure that we are correct. We're so sure that we're doing the right thing. And so when someone comes to us and says, hey, you know, I didn't like it when you did this or that thing. We're like, what? I didn't do that. That wasn't my fault. Or you made me do it. Right? Abuse. That's what abuse is. You made me hit you. You made me throw that, that, that bowl at you. I once had a bowl thrown, thrown at my head. I could tell you guys some wild stories. And it was all my fault, of course. Everything that happened to me was because I didn't listen. I wasn't submissive. I talked back. I um, was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. I wasn't communicating. I, it was just always my fault. Everything was my fault. I made someone choke me. I made someone hit me in the face. Yeah, I, I love doing it. I love making people hit me in the face. <laughs> like, I'm not responsible because you're an abusive piece of shit. That's you. You need to own that behavior. I'm not responsible for your cussing me out. I'm not responsible for your reacting the way you're reacting. You are responsible for your behavior. You are. It's not, see, women make men, no. No, 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 start with I. I did this because I wanted to. I did this because I was drunk. I did this because I was high. And drunk, being drunk and high is still no excuse. Because why are you getting so drunk that you're hitting people? Why are you getting so high that you're being violent towards people? Or that you're hurting people? You're, you know, you're getting behind the wheel of a car. And you're, you're injuring yourself. You're killing people. Why are you doing this? At the root of it is still you. It's still you. It's nothing that anyone is doing to you. It's still you. You are in control of yourself. So one thing that I see is lacking a lot in relationships is self-control. Relationships and lose their fucking minds, man. 
we just become, we suddenly, like women, suddenly become these things that, you know, I said, <laughs> I said this, on, I think it was my Facebook, I said, it's like an episode of, it's like a season of Quantum Leap. Women are suddenly doing and saying things they wouldn't otherwise do or say because they want to get to that fairy tale ending. Remember the sex and the fairy tale. So they're laughing at things that aren't funny, agreeing to things they wouldn't do, going places they would never even think to go because that's not somewhere they would go. Like, you know, you find yourself at a fucking clown rodeo or something. You're wearing uh, a cowboy hat and <laughs> and cowboy boots. And, oh, sure, experience new things, absolutely. But if it ain't for you, it ain't for you, so why are you doing it? Again, we are only responsible for ourselves. If the answer is no, say no. If the answer is yes, say yes. But you are responsible for your behavior. So if you are abusing someone, it's not anything that they did. It's not. There's no excuse. There's no reason. And until you take responsibility for your actions, you should not be in a relationship. You should be somewhere seeking intensive therapy. Because your behavior, you're not going to be able to control it. Because you'll never see that you're wrong. You'll never see that you're at fault. And because of that, Whenever you do something that people find wrong or abominable or reprehensible, you're going to find some way to get out of it. You're going to scapegoat something or somebody. You're going to make it someone else's fault. And so you're just going to keep doing it because there are no, no consequences for you because it's not your fault, remember? Nothing is going to happen to you. Nobody is holding you responsible. Nobody is is um, holding your feet to the fire. So until you can get that behavior under control, and I'm, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to unlearn what makes you an abusive piece of shit, frankly. And there are all kinds of abuse. There's financial, there's verbal, emotional. If you are guilty of any of these behaviors, you need to unlearn them and if you're in a, a marriage or a relationship that you want to salvage you're going to have to do the hard work to unlearn this and separate your behavior from whatever it is your partner is doing and get help for yourself don't go to couples counseling no you don't need couples counseling you need individual counseling you need to learn how to accept responsibility for what you do don't make anyone else responsible for your reactions or actions in a relationship. Do not do it. <sighs> Remember when I said relationships are about mutual respect. And one of the ways that we respect each other is that we allow the person we are with to be themselves. Just be who they are. Absolutely 100% be who they are. And love them for who they are. Not love them anyway, but love them for who they are. You know, people talk about unconditional love. And you have to have that in order to have a successful relationship. And that's just bullshit. That unconditional love, loving me anyway. I don't need you to love me anyway. 
I need you to tell me why you love me. What specific part of me makes you feel love for me? Makes you be in love with me? Oh, she's a bitch. She's a, you know, a twat. She's a this, she's a that. She's crazy. But I love her anyway. You're going to live with all of that? <laughs> and why do you love me anyway? When you're in a relationship, in a marriage, there are reasons you are there. There are very specific reasons you are there. Now, yes, convenience. But let me tell you, you don't go into a relationship. And if you want it to be healthy, you don't go into a relationship thinking, well, I'm going to change them. They're, gonna, they're doing this thing that I don't like right now, but in a few months, I'm going to have them whipped into shape. No. If someone is unhappy with you, that's their problem, not yours. But they'll try to make it your problem. They'll try to change you. They'll go through all of these motions to try and change you, and they'll be miserable because of it, and you'll be miserable because of it. Don't let anyone make their problem with you your problem. You're only being yourself. If they don't like it, then they can change who they're with, but they can't change you. And even more, it is not your job to change who you are to be with someone. Who you are is enough. Who you are is enough. And if you don't like who you are, then change for yourself. This whole love me anyway, no. No, 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 no. I don't have to love anybody anyway. Except for maybe my kids. But I love my kids for very specific reasons, too. Both different. I don't just love my kids. I love them for specific reasons. There are things about both of them separately that I just find fascinating. And I, I, I respect them and I love them. But I don't just love my kids. No. Because guess what? When you're in love with someone, when you love someone, they're going to disappoint you. And then what are you going to do? Withdraw your love? No, you can't do it. Unless, unless you didn't really love them to begin with. So, another healthy behavior in relationships I mentioned earlier is open, honest communication. My God. I should have put this one first because this is just, this really is what keeps things together. This is the glue. This right here is the glue. Open and honest communication. Tell the truth in your interactions with your partner. Lies are manipulation. They hurt people. Even when your partner doesn't know they're being lied to, it hurts them. And some people know they're being lied to, but carry on with the charade because it's easier than rocking the boat and changing what's going on. Because change means maybe a breakup or a divorce, and they're not ready for that. So communicate, yes. But also, sometimes you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> sometimes we talk too much in our relationships and we expect our partner to be our therapist your partner is not your therapist if you need a therapist 
get a therapist. But your partner can't be the one you're dumping on every single day. Can you imagine? You do that to your partner, how exhausted they are by you and your problems. And then resentment, again, that resentment starts to build up and they start to lose respect for you. They start to slowly, the love that they had for you starts to slowly fall away until there is no more. So you can't dump on your partner every single day. All of your business woes, all of your friendship woes, all of your, you know, your workplace stuff and your, your health. St- I mean, keep your partner abreast. Absolutely. But if you're having these intensive conversations every single day, you're draining them. Because if you're doing all that talking, are they talking? When do they get to talk? When do they get to talk? And here's another thing people don't communicate about. When they should, instead of talking about all this other shit, people don't talk about money. Gosh, people are not talking about money in their relationships. They're not communicating problems they're having with money. They're not communicating when they're taking money out of the bank from the joint bank account. They're not communicating what they're doing with the money. Some people have um, secret drug habits, secret gambling addictions, secret secrets, <laughs> secret apartments in the city where they keep their that you're paying for, secret credit cards. They're buying gifts for the mistress and you at the same time. Yeah. Some people are not communicating about finances. And I've seen so many of these stories on on the ID channel and whatnot about men and women who, instead of telling their partner about their financial um, missteps and mistakes and the, the holes that they had dug for their family financially, they kill their partner. They kill their spouse. Just kill them collect the insurance money, maybe pay off some debts, but mostly spend it because, again, they're bad with money. They kill their partner. One guy even faked his death. And he he killed someone that he met at a hardware store and used that body, faked his death. And the wife um, was trying to collect the insurance proceeds and the insurance company was like, "Mm, no, because... There's strong evidence that this guy is still alive and that this is fraudulent. But yeah, they take out huge life insurance policies on their partner, even their kids. People murder their kids for insurance money. They're having financial problems. And they figure instead of just communicating them, instead of admitting that they did the wrong thing, they let the business sink. One woman wasn't She was the accountant for her husband's business, and she wasn't paying the business taxes. She hadn't filed a business tax return in years. And so the IRS was coming for their ass, honey. And instead of admitting to her husband the mistakes that she made and let's figure out how to deal with this, she killed him. And I believe she tried to say he committed suicide. 
This was an episode of Forensic Files. She, she said that he committed suicide. She staged this elaborate, oh my God, this elaborate scene. And I can't believe that people think it's easier to murder someone and try to cover up a murder than just fucking admitting that you did something stupid by not filing the business tax returns and you owe the IRS a million dollars. Now you still own the IRS a million dollars. But you're also going to spend the rest of your life in prison. Like, are you serious? Communicate. You never know where you can get, how far you can get with a person with the truth. They might be upset. Yeah, they probably have a right to be upset. When they're finished being upset, they're like, okay, let's figure out how to work through this. But even little things people need to communicate, like what your plans are for the day, because I might want to date, or vacations. Let's plan a vacation together. Let's, you know, get our schedules together and plan this together. Or, you know, some people have dinner with the boss. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, honey, tonight we're having dinner with the boss at 7 o'clock. When you have something else to do at 7 o'clock. So what are you supposed to do? Drop what you're doing? Because that's what your partner fully expects you to do. Drop what you're doing and, again, cater to them. Run to fulfill their needs. No, you can't do that. That's unfair. That is unfair. But, yeah, communicate so that you're not, you know, on trial for murdering your partner. Because <laughs> you didn't want to tell them that you're flat broke. Uh, this is something that I heard today on TikTok, and men say this all the time, and they just have no idea. Sometimes I think men are purposely clueless about who they really are. Secretly, they're hoping you understand how complex they are, but outwardly, they're going to present as very simple and then blame you for not understanding that they're simple and catering to their very simplistic, simple needs. It's a game. Relationships are psychological warfare. It's exhausting. It's silliness. I can't stand it. Men say that they are simple, but that's not true. Men are not simple. Men are complex. Women are complex. We are not one is simple and one is complex because how is someone who has simple needs able to fulfill the needs of someone who is complex? <laughs> Learn that at. How do you gain those skills? And why, if your needs are simple, are you with someone who is complex? That would be fucking miserable, exhausting, unless you two were also complex. And you are. Even children are complex. Children are not simple. Children require 24 hour a day, seven days a week of attention, affection, monitoring when they're babies. You got to monitor their sleep cycles, their feeding cycles, their changing cycles. You know, there are all these um, benchmarks and things that they have to hit. By the time they're six months, three months, six months, nine months, 18 months, 24 I mean, they're complex people. There's a whole science called pediatric medicine. <laughs> Child psychology. 
because children are not simple. Men are not simple. And it is because of this that men don't see where they need, where they have needs that are beyond the food, sex, TV, sports. Support. Men need emotional, physical, mental support. And support is not simple. And support is not always easy to give. Men think that it's simple because the support that men tend to give to women is easy. Their response to a woman's needs are easy answers. Money, physical help, driving someone to an appointment or to the airport. Or, you know, oh, come over and walk the dog for me while I'm out of town. But have you ever had to support someone in their illness? Or have you ever had to love someone through a cancer diagnosis, through depression, PTSD, job loss, injuries, injuries from an accident, like a traumatic brain injury? Try supporting a man through a child suddenly coming out of nowhere into his life that he found out through a DNA test is his, that he didn't know existed. That shit is not easy. That's not simple. That's not simple at all. So when men say that they are simple, it's BS. It's lazy thinking. And I can't believe that men think they are simple creatures. Men are not simple creatures at all. Women are not simple creatures. We are programmed. This is one of the reasons why we are not simple. We are programmed from an early age. Remember the rom-coms of our childhood? The R&B midnight train (laughs) music, the the for lovers only segment where you listen to all the R&B songs and it's filling your head with ideas day after day, year after year. And, And that's the other thing. We're also influenced by the people we hang around. So if you're a man and you're hanging around people who talk tough, who are, you know, hard on women who have, um, they hold some kind of resentment in their, their mind for women, that's going to become how you feel about women too. Friends influence each other, just like families influence family members. Friends influence each other too. And soon whatever they think is going to become how you think. So you have to watch who you are around, who you surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with positive, forward-thinking people. You don't want to surround yourself with negative people who are always harping on things and, and reliving the past and bashing men or bashing women. And this is something that I, I do not engage in at all. I used to because I was a jerk. But I don't do male bashing. I don't, do, I don't bash men, period. And I don't do women bashing. I do not do it. There are women who bash women, men who bash women, women who bash men. But who's bashing? The men aren't bashing each other. Men do not talk shit about each other. Unless it's in reference to a tweet about the NBA or the NFL. (laughs) Then you're all kind of punk-ass bitch. (laughs) 
you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, your kids are ugly. <laughs> but when it comes to women, especially when it comes to talking shit about women, men are always high-fiving each other about that. Always. And they think it's funny and it's cute. Have you ever tried to get a man to think critically about his opinion on women? They don't want to think critically. They want to make jokes. They want to spit out some generalizations and some stereotypes and, well, what I saw when I was growing up. No one cares what you saw when you were growing up. Because you're exactly what you saw when you were growing up. I don't need you to tell me about it. I'm looking at it. And I'm not saying men need to start bashing men, but men need to start holding each other accountable for their abusive behavior, for their negative behavior, for their negative treatment of people. Men need to start holding each other responsible for the shit that they do. And I'm not talking about with video games and, and sports and whatever. I'm talking about when it comes to relationships. When it comes to how they behave as fathers, how they behave as husbands, how they behave as boyfriends, fiancés, their attitude towards women. Men really need to hold each other responsible for the negativity that they spread. For the salty, disgusting attitudes and comments that they put out into the atmosphere. You hope to have a nice relationship one day, but your entire attitude says something otherwise. You're never going to attract the thing that you want the most because your attitude and your behavior repels it. So are men simple? Absolutely not. And men need to stop putting out the narrative that they are simple. They are not simple. But overall, in relationships, you need to employ empathy. So when you're trying to understand the complexities of a person, you need to use empathy. And that's putting yourself in their shoes to understand how they feel. Understand where they are coming from and how they feel without replacing their feelings with yours, without downplaying their feelings and thoughts, without saying what you're experiencing is worse and shifting the focus to you. Walk in their shoes to try and understand them. Understand how a person feels, understand their response to a situation, and then understand and then respond appropriately to their emotions. Does that sound simple to you? It sounds like it would be easy, but it's certainly not simple. And I know this because not a lot of people are doing this. We're not putting empathy in our relationships. We're saying fuck you to each other a lot. Or we're calling, uh, you know, women are laughing at men for expressing their sadness and men are calling women dramatic or crazy. We're laughing at each other instead of allowing 
the person we're with the space to be upset, be sad, be uh, unhappy, explore their anxiety, explore whatever is going on with them. We're not using empathy in our relationships. And it's killing our relationships. There's a lot of ego in relationships, and people need to remove that. When you're in a relationship, when you're truly in love with someone, you have made yourself vulnerable to that person. And when you're vulnerable, no ego. You can't have an ego because you trust, you are trusting this person that you're with to do things that are in your best interest. And you can't have an ego when you're seeding over your, your emotions and your, 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 your life, really, when you're saying, okay, I trust you to do the right thing. I trust you to make plans to do things that, you know, are in our best interest, are in our favor. I trust you. I trust you. That's huge to trust someone. It's a big deal. It's not simple. It shouldn't be given lightly. So, understand how a person feels, understand their response to a situation, and respond appropriately to their emotions. They've made themselves vulnerable to you. That is the least that you can do for them. One thing that also makes relationships work, one of the healthy keys to relationship success I'm not guaranteeing success. I don't guarantee results here. (laughs) But if you use these, you might have some success. You might have a better relationship even. One thing that people don't do is we do not fight fair in relationships. What are we doing when we're fighting? Number one, it's okay to fight. It's okay to have conflict. You're going to have conflict everywhere you go. Everywhere. You expect to not have it in your relationships. People expect out of their relationships shit that they do not expect anywhere else. They expect perfect relationships and then out in the world, outside of the relationship, they're allowed to have imperfect interactions and relationships with everyone else. Oh, I don't have a good relationship with my dad. But you have to have a good relationship with your wife. You cannot and should not expect that your relationship with your significant other is going to be perfect. You're going to fight. So fighting fair is essential. And fighting fair in relationships is one way to show that you care about your partner. Even when they've done something that angers you. If you're not, you know, a tyrant, you allow the other person to present their side without yelling or cursing. When you fight fair, you say what the expectations are when you're finished fighting. If you're going to apologize and forgive. When you fight fair, you acknowledge the problems that exist in your relationship. And you acknowledge the problem that you're currently faced with, the reason why you're fighting. 
you haven't been paying the business taxes. And your partner is looking all sad with tears, and you're just like, no, we're not doing this. We're going to fight about this. We're going to hash this out. We're going to figure it out. And then at the end, I will decide if I forgive you or not. Even if you apologize, I don't have to forgive you. Is it better so you can move on? Eh, I guess. <laughs> but forgiveness is personal. You don't have to forgive the person. That, that lady could have told her husband about what she was doing with the taxes, and he could have said, well, fuck you, I'm divorcing you. And that would have been the end of it. <clears throat> and he would have had every right to. I mean, you don't need a reason to divorce someone. You're just done. But, you know, fighting fair. You acknowledge the problems. You listen intently to your partner when they're talking to you about why they have a problem with something you did. They're not attacking you. People confuse confronting someone about something they did with an attack. And sometimes people really just want to know what the fuck is going on. What happened? What did you do? Why did you do it? And people feel immediately defensive, obviously. Feel like they're being attacked. And when people feel like they're being attacked, they shut down and they don't listen. They don't hear anything you have to say. And so when you're explaining to someone why you're upset, the other one needs to listen intently to their partner and not with a mind that, oh, I'm in big trouble. I got to find some way to escape this. I need to come up with some lie to tell them. No, be honest. Be surprised how far you can get with the truth. You can get pretty fucking far. And yes, you do get points for telling the truth. It's weird, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> but you also exercise empathy. You know, maybe your partner is going through something and they, you know, they did something or said something mean to you. And they explain to you why they said it, of course, not because it had anything to do with you. Maybe they're going through something and they they are afraid to talk to you about it. But now here we are. It's finally time to talk about it. And you being the good partner. You put yourself in their shoes and you try to imagine how they would feel. And maybe that leads to some understanding. On both parties' part. But you also identify what caused the fight and explore solutions to prevent them from happening in the future. Now notice, nowhere in there did I say you call him a dumb dickhead. And nowhere in there did I, did I say you call her a stupid bitch. Cussing out someone is not fighting fair. Betraying someone because they betrayed you is not fighting fair. Cheating on someone because they cheated on you is not fighting fair. You have a problem in your relationship. You identify it. Acknowledge it. Listen to your partner. Exercise empathy. Identify what caused the conflict. Explore solutions to prevent them from happening in the future. 
apologize, forgive, move on. And when you move on, that means you're not going back and reminding the person what they did five years ago, ten years ago. It means that you're not holding them hostage with this past discretion. It means that you have genuinely moved on. It's not a problem for you anymore. You're not going to bring it up anymore. You're not going to hold it over their head as a way to get them to act a certain way around you. You've dealt with it. You moved on. And again, people are expecting perfect relationships. You're not going to have a perfect relationship. You don't have a perfect relationship with anyone, let alone a spouse or a romantic partner. It's just not possible. And when you let go of the idea that your relationship has to be perfect, you can see the flaws and you fix them. But when you're obsessed with it being perfect, you can't see the flaws. You can't see what's wrong. You don't see anything, really. Your head is in the clouds. People aren't allowed to make a mistake with you. And people are going to make mistakes, and you need to allow room for that. It doesn't mean they're not loyal to you. It doesn't mean they're not committed to you. It just means that they made a mistake. We have to stop holding people, holding each other hostage with our emotions and our tongue and money and abuse and all of these awful, ugly, unhealthy behaviors. And if somebody wants to leave, let them go. Let them go. People have a right to leave. People walk away from things all the time. You don't like a job, you quit it. You don't like service at a restaurant, you stop going. And the point, when people have gotten to the point where they are leaving, it's because they've been thinking about it for a while. People don't just wake up one day and go, okay, you know what, I'm done with this marriage and leave. No, they've been thinking about it for a while. And you missed the signs. Or they didn't communicate these things with you, that they were unhappy, that they were not having a good time, that their needs are not being met, that you're not responsive to their love language, that you're not giving them the space that they need, that you're smothering them, that you're um, verbally abusing them. You're not picking up on the cues. You're not paying attention and they're not communicating it to you. And again, you can't hold someone responsible for information they do not know. But genuinely, some people know and they don't give a shit. So at the point when a person is leaving, they've thought about it for a long time. And it's going to hurt if they leave? Absolutely. It'll be devastating. And hopefully in your next relationship, you learn what didn't work. And you develop healthy habits, healthy behaviors that you can carry into your next romantic relationship. And hopefully that one lasts. But understand that none of it is going to be perfect. It will not be perfect. 
the desire to be perfect is actually a sickness. You're not going to have it. You're not going to have success everywhere you go in everything that you do. You're not even perfect. You are not perfect. So why would you put that shit on your relationship and on your partner? Again, before I leave you guys tonight, the healthy relationships is top. Respecting boundaries, encouraging growth, honest communication, the willingness to compromise, growing together, working through problems, affirming feelings, respecting independence, knowing love languages, and trust. Foster those things in your relationship and with your partner. And maybe you'll be at this than I have ever been. I certainly hope so. Love is a wonderful thing. It is wonderful. I don't like talking about it because I haven't been so successful. But I do know what could make something successful. All the keys to a healthy relationship can be implemented in whatever way you and your partner decide. But a roadmap to a happy ending can be achieved. You can write it all down, figure it all out. Commit it to memory. You want a healthy relationship. You want a healthy, long-lasting relationship. And it starts with you. And this has been Ayana Explains It All. Brought to you by facts, figures, and enlightenment. Take care.